Welcome to the Dream Plan Start Grow Show, where the goal is to provide you tips and tools to create and execute your business plan for success. Welcome back to the Dream Plan Start Grow Show. My name is Allison Turner. I started this, these interviews because I really love entrepreneurship and what it can teach each of us. You know, I believe that we wholeheartedly that we can learn from each other. And so whether you're really brand new to business, you're thinking about starting a business or you've been in business, I find that I've been in business for about 10 years and I find that I learn from my guests as well. So which one, everyone you are, enjoy and take a look at all of our podcasts at dreamplanstartgrow.com. Today, I'm honored to have with me Dr. Jonathan Lazar of Lazar Spinal Care up in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And I know I kind of looked at your website a little bit and, you know, that you really believe in lifelong family wellness care, which I'm wholeheartedly for. And I see a chiropractor down here in Florida. So I also read that maybe a tragedy instituted kind of where you went in your journey. So um, how did you get started? What what prompted you to go into chiropractic care? Yeah, that's that's such a fun question. Well, the short answer for why I went into it was because um, I decided I was planning on going to medical school and I um, shadowed a bunch of different doctors and had super, I like to be all in. And so I had a lot of fun with that. But there were enough instances that that occurred where I thought, you know what, I don't think that's the right fit for me. Um, at that point, I had I had been a very, very um, avid consumer of the sick care system, um, <laughs> having dealt with cancer and, and having surgeries for that and digestive issues. And um, by the time I left for college, I was on nine prescription medications. So I was I was wow. quite the avid, you know, sick care consumer. And I don't say that derogatorily. I say no. sick care just because it's to help us not die or not stay sick, but it's not necessarily healthcare. And that will kind of, you know, that usually will, will get clarified through the conversation. But so that's, that's what I'm referring to there. But I realized that just wasn't the right fit. And there were some specific instances, but ultimately what happened was I decided that medical school is not the right path for me. So I said no to that and, and did some sales and marketing, but then to answer your question about what helped me decide to be a chiropractor was my chiropractor um, that I saw in high school worked three days a week and had a BMW, a Corvette and a Porsche. And I thought that sounds cool. I mean, so literally I'm that deep, like that is what made me think. <laughs> and, and ultimately it was like, well, obviously he's helping a lot of people or he couldn't do, but I was like, that's really, that seems really amazing that he's helping people and can have a really cool lifestyle. And I knew I wanted to be involved in ministry and I wanted to have, you know, time with my kids and that sort of thing. So that's ultimately what led me to chiropractic school. What led me to do what I'm doing was, uh, was, was quite different, was quite different. Should I go there? Should I go there now? Sure. Is that okay. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, just as far as, you know, once I got there, um, I was in this crisis mode and I had, um, this horrible migraine and I was in finals and this was my second career. So my wife and daughter, we had, I was married, we had a daughter by then. And, um, so my mom was having back surgery. I mean, it was like stress overwhelm city and I'm in finals and I have this horrible migraine. So I do what I knew to do. And I went and got adjusted 
And um, so I, I got adjusted in my neck. I was seated. And the next morning I woke up and in addition to the migraine, I had bronchitis and pneumonia and it's like finals week. Right. So I do then the next thing I know to do, and that's go to the emergency department. And I'm on like a first name basis with them there. So I go in there and they say, you have bronchitis, you have pneumonia, you have to take these medications. And the problem was the very next day I was to take an anatomy lab practical on human bodies. Now they weren't alive, but there are federal guidelines about what you can have in your system when working on a human body, whether they're alive or not. So that's kind of awkward. So now I'm faced with this do I, you know, speeding is only an issue if you get caught, right? Or not wearing your seatbelt is only an issue if you get caught. So it's like, do I do this and risk never being a licensed physician in the world uh, ever again in my life if I get caught? Or do I not take the medication, stay messed up and not be able to pass my exams anyway? So I didn't, I didn't see a very good, good option there. <laughs> So I just checked with a friend of mine who was really passionate. She happened to be doing specialty training in the upper neck. I didn't know or care about that. She just seemed to know the ropes. So I asked her what she thought I should do. And she told me something really stupid. And she said I should come get adjusted. And that was stupid because I just got adjusted yesterday. And I've been getting adjusted since I was in high school. So I didn't know really why she said that. But I didn't know what else to do. So longer story short, I went in. She took these weird x-rays. She identified that there was pressure on my brainstem, which I didn't really know as a thing. And she gets me adjusted. I feel like I'm getting ripped off because it doesn't feel like much is happening. And a couple hours later, my wife calls me and asks how I'm doing. And I was annoyed for being interrupted because I was trying to study. And she said, how are you? I said, I'm fine. And she said, I mean, how are you feeling? I said, I'm I, fine. I don't, I don't, but I'm studying right now. And she said, well, honey, like, weren't you in the emergency department today? And didn't they say <laughs> that you, and I'm that sharp that like uh, within a couple hours, I was not coughing any longer and I hadn't wow. taken any medication. And so, um, of course it couldn't be the adjustment. I knew that. Right. And so I went on this journey of like disproving, like the atheist trying to prove that God doesn't <laughs> exist. Like the whole, and then, you know, and then of course I'm like, crap, I can't refute this. I, it seems very tied to this. And not only could I not prove that it wasn't that over the course of the next year, I was off all nine prescription medications. So I'm like, okay, there's something, there's something to this. So that's, I mean, that's a long answer to a short question, but that's what got me into focusing on the specialty that I, that I chose to focus on. Oh, I, I think, I mean, that's a powerful statement because, you know, like I never even saw a chiropractor till I was after 40 because I grew up in the, the sick care system that you were referencing. Yes. Not, not that I was on any medications because luckily, knock on wood, I've been fairly healthy most of my life. So luckily for me, that's, that wasn't an issue per se, but my parents, neither one of them were fans of chiropractors. You know, I think my father perfectionally, you know, called you guys like quacks or something like Quack. that. So. So, so, so were they not fans or were they opposed? They were probably opposed. I, I have to ask my mom, my father passed away before I started seeing a chiropractor. So um, so I could never have that conversation. And he was usually more the dominant voice versus my mother. Okay. So I'll have to ask her that question. So Interesting. Still, st still around up in Indianapolis. So she's up in your neck of the woods. Heck yeah. Where the weather's so, beautiful up here, right? Yeah. There we go. 50. <laughs> I'll take my 80. Thanks. But, um, but yeah, I mean, cause anything I can do to stay out of the whole medical system, um, here is is advantageous for me. I mean, again, like luckily I've 
been blessed, but I also like work out religiously. I also eat relatively well and things like that. So I'm a little more proactive with my health than being reactive, which I know a lot of people in the United States are a little more reactive with their health. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. So how do you, you know, when you started, I don't know, did you immediately go into practice for yourself after chiropractic school or did you work for someone else first? Yeah, so sort of, I mean, the, when I was, so, so going through that and then there were a bunch more instances, I have kind of a thick skull. So uh, uh, several more instances where I said, okay, I cannot deny that getting pressure off people's brain stems. And that sounds elusive or whatever. It feels like having your pulse taken, just so you know, like there's no, it's not anything forceful. It's a tiny bone at the top. And so I, I dove like head first into a specialty to learn how to do that. Cause I, you know, I feel like, I feel like if I'm going to do something, I want to be the best, not from an ego standpoint, but like excellence honors God and inspires people. And so I just, I want to be excellent at it. This is what I mean. And so if I, so I dove into that and got really involved in that. And then there was another one on top of that. So I actually did two specialties in the upper neck, which is a little bit crazy, but I just felt like that's what I needed to do. And so, um, once you do one of those, you get a lot of job offers. So I had some cool job offers, but we also have three kids and we wanted to be by family. So, um, I did my last part of clinical training in somebody's office about an hour away from where I opened mine. And it just so happened that um, as soon as I was wrapping up my training with her, she broke her foot and couldn't practice. So I, I was able to cover her office for about six months while she healed while we were building our office out. So yes, I worked for somebody else. Um, but I literally was running a practice solo. <laughs> I mean, she was present, but not right. doing any of the care. Um, yeah. And I'll tell you what, that was such a blessing. Not that she got hurt, obviously. No. But it was a blessing for her that I could cover. It was a blessing for me. I mean, you talk about getting thrown in the deep end. So I was <laughs> fully running a practice for six months while mine was being built up. So I got a lot of cool experience that way. But then I opened my own and and failed forward enough times that we didn't, we didn't have to close. <laughs> That's a good Cause thing. we opened in Ann Arbor, Michigan in 2008 and the specialty we do some insurances cover it, but not much and not well and not. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we're down the road from university of Michigan and that's, you got to get really good at communicating to people in Ann Arbor, Michigan, if they're going to pay you cash yep. for healthcare. <laughs> mm -hmm. So that was a blessing. And, started getting kind of good at that by just educating people how the body works and what you can do. And, um, yeah, so that's, that's how we did it. And we, it was hard. It still is. It still is hard. We're extremely busy. We're crazy blessed. Um, and it's, it's hard. I don't, I've never done anything effectively that was, that came easily, you know, <laughs> Yeah. If you can figure that piece out, let me know. Um, yeah, for sure. We can talk yeah. on my yacht once I figure that one out. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And no, I just lost my train of thought completely. But uh, so what, because I know like my chiropractor, he has like three chiropractors that, well, two other chiropractors that run under him. And then, so his specialty, the the person that owns the practice is um, 
chiropractic neurology. So he's got that kind of diplomat certification on top. So I know like his services. So I actually see one of the associates typically because I don't, you know, he's trying to focus all his energy up at the neurological side, but I know the neurological side's not covered by insurance typically, you know, like the, the regular chiropractic that the other two associates focus on, depending on your insurance may or may not be covered, but, um, but typically it's covered you know, with the neurological side. So what do you do differently? Because I know you've talked about like the upper cervical area. Mm -hmm. um, And I read a little bit about, I'm probably less familiar with it just because I scanned your website a little bit about it. um, That makes you more, I guess, a specialist in, you know, what you're trying to specifically treat. Yeah. So there, um, well, one, it, it is, it is a specialty. So it's, it's further training. The equipment's different. The technique is the procedure is different. Everything is, you know, it would be, I, I think to anchor to something that people are familiar with is it would be maybe the difference and same with your clinic director that you, you know, that you see there, um, is that, you know, that clinic director specialized in chiropractic neurology. So, uh, with this, it would be like, you know, somebody in family medicine and then somebody that does you know, neurosurgery on the brain. Like it's, it's, it's it just a different, um, different focus, different training. So people see us, seek us out because uh, they're looking for help with something that nobody else could fix usually. So um, epilepsy, migraines, vertigo, Chiari malformation, trigeminal neuralgia, We've had 16 people that we know of cancel suicides. Um, And like the gabapentin was just putting them into a zombie state and the surgeries either didn't work or they weren't a candidate or they weren't approved. So they, they didn't have $60,000 to pay for an elective surgery. I mean, whatever it was, um, you know, we were their last resort and somehow they heard and, you know, came in. So that's a lot of it. Others are referred to us because we don't pop, crack or twist the spine. So when we're taking pressure off the brainstem, it's very, very gentle. It's based, you're lying on your side, it's headpiece placement. And so we get orthopedic and neurological surgeon referrals um, because it's very safe. We can adjust people six days old. I've adjusted people into their nineties that had previous broken necks. And we take care of people that have had four and five failed spine surgeries. And so, so because of that, there's an element where, you know, people, um, it's safe because we're not doing the high velocity adjustments, which, which are normally safe, by the way, I don't say that it's unsafe for those, but when the people have had a history of a stroke or their bones are touching or, you know, that kind of stuff, you you don't really want a high velocity adjustment in that scenario. Um, and so we don't, just because that's what our procedure is, we, we don't avoid those. It's just a different procedure. And then the other group are people that have just heard, like, we don't know what it is. We think it's voodoo, but it's helped everybody in our family. And so <laughs> you have to do it. And so, you know, we'll have average patients drive 150 miles to come for this type of care. And we have people that fly in from all over the country and before COVID all over the world from Italy wow. and Saudi Arabia and Canada and things. Um, because good news spreads, I guess. I don't, I mean, we don't market in Saudi Arabia, but, um, anyway, so that's, that's why people are just, people are looking for answers, I guess, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's one of the things that interested me that you said, you said that, you know, I think you said surgeons sometimes refer to you and, and, um, you know, people like maybe can't pay 60,000 for an elective surgery. 
because I know one of the challenges I've seen here with this, uh, the neurological side, you know, is sometimes doctors don't always refer to chiropractors because they see it as a conflict because obviously yeah. like we talked about at the beginning of the sick care versus, you know, wellness care. And I know some doctors are not in that, so I'm not referencing that, but I know our system in general is more based on that because of the insurance industry and, and whatnot. So, right. um, you know, what have you run up against as far as challenges to grow your business, either from that side, you know, or just the education side of what you do? Yeah, well, um, it's not that eloquent, <laughs> but, you know, two years after getting off nine prescription medications, um, my brother Doug died at 35 from pain medication interactions. So he had yeah. seen an orthopedic surgeon for his shoulder and had shoulder surgery um, and was on narcotics from that. And then also had herniated discs in his neck and had migraines. And so he was given medication for that, but they were two pres different prescribing doctors. And um, he was some first, he was prescribed methadone to get off of some of the narcotics that yeah. he had been on from his surgery but his um, internist prescribed him Lyrica to help with the nerve pain um, in his neck. And like his younger brother was in chiropractic school at the time. So um, I personally couldn't do a lot for him, but did, you know, refer him to some colleagues, but you know, it's powdered butt syndrome. He's nine years older than me. And if, yeah. uh, if somebody's powdered your butt, they might not want to hear what you have to say. Right. So <laughs> um, he, you know, and, but my third phone call from, from, him in this period of time was actually my dad using his phone calling to tell me that my brother was, was dead. And, um, so that'll, that'll mess with you for sure. Yeah. And so what has gotten me through the stuff is that I'm alive. My brother's dead. I was more sick. I had more surgeries. I was on more medication and he's dead. Now I'm not, I don't have a vengeance. I'm not, you know, yeah. it's not up to me who, who lives or dies, but here's what it did. It solidified for me that you might not like me. You might not like what I have to say. You might not want to hear what I have to say, but you better believe if there's one more Doug I can find out there and help, I'm going to do it. And so yeah. whether you like it or love it, you're probably going to hear about it. And so that has that tenacity, I guess, I don't know that why the, my why I guess is is big enough that you can tell me whatever you want and it might hurt <laughs> my feelings but I know that I know what's at stake and so that's what's gotten me through and and what has happened as a result of that is just helping people understand um, there's a difference in the systems so in other yeah. words. There's nothing wrong with sick care. And people are like, oh, I heard chiropractors and medical. Well, yes, that's true. Chiropractors were jailed. And it wasn't until 1981 when there was an antitrust lawsuit. Um, and But what happened was, I mean, the, the medical profession uh, absorbed every other profession that existed. I mean, A.T. Still started osteopathy because bloodletting. He said, A.T. Still was a medical doctor and said, I think this is killing more people than it's helping. So right. we've got to do something different. So he started osteopathy. D.D. Palmer started chiropractic. There was naturopathy, yeah. homeopathy. There were all these other things. And, and allopathic medicine, um, the, the medical profession, 
absorbed all of the other professions and completely annihilated them. You can still wow. see a DO, a doctor of osteopathy, but they're, they don't have separate residencies anymore. So even if you go to DO school, your residency is still an allopathic or an MD residency. So there's virtually right. no difference in, in any of those. You used to see osteopaths for different stuff than, than, um, than medical doctors. Right. You really don't anymore because those have all been absorbed and eliminated. Chiropractic said, we're going to stand on our own two feet. We're going to be separate and distinct. We literally are doing this because we don't want that to be the case. But we right. were always charged with practicing medicine without a license, which wasn't true because we weren't cutting skin. We weren't breaking skin. We weren't prescribing medication. We were simply utilizing the fact that the nervous system controls and coordinates the function of every organ, every tissue, every gland, every cell, every system in your body and helps you to adapt to your outside environment. So that is our lane with blinders on is I want my heart to work better. Well, I don't know what to do for your heart, but we can unpinch the nerves to your heart. You better believe it's going to get better right. signal. I want my yep. kidneys to work better. Same thing. So then in the 1918 Spanish flu, 1918, um, if you look at the research on that, and I should have had it ready and I don't, but the numbers are staggering that mm. the four stages of people triage uh, that were served in the plain states by medical doctors had uh, more deaths than the people that were left for dead. The chiropractors were only allowed to take care of the people that were left for dead because we weren't <laughs> allowed to take care of the people that were you know, receiving medical treatment. Well, then chiropractors are being jailed over the years, but try shutting something down that literally saved Uncle Billy's life during the Spanish right. flu. Try that. So when something works, it, it will work. And so regardless, in 1981, there was an antitrust lawsuit because the American Medical Association had been having medical doctors hmm. tell, learn in, 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 in medical school that chiropractic is unscientific, it's not safe. Don't t literally tell your patients, do not go to a chiropractor. So that had been happening for all these years since 1895, when the first adjustment took place. And, and then finally in 1981, there was an antitrust lawsuit. Well, that doesn't make habits. I mean, it's illegal to say, don't see a chiropractor, but you know, <laughs> people are still hearing it. So that was the history. It doesn't matter today because people are smarter than that. And so in other words, now I have a lot of friends and I don't, I don't really experience that rift that my predecessors did, yeah. but um, at least not to my face. I don't know. But the thing is, <laughs> is that if you understand the difference of the system and here's, here's what I would say, if your house is on fire, you should probably call the fire department. That's they're really, really good at that. But who do you call the next morning? So the fire's out, nobody died, your house is trashed. Who do you call the next day? And I let people answer that. Right. And they never say the fire department. No. Right? You don't call the fire department to come do restoration work. And nope. <laughs> now you might call the fire department and say, do you know any good restoration experts? Companies, right. But what if the fire department said, we don't believe in that? <laughs> yeah, that'd be interesting. I mean, the joke's on them at that point. Are you yeah. kidding? I mean, thank you for putting the fire up, but now we got to rebuild. You, you're telling me you don't think I need to. Re I mean, you have freaking holes in my wall from axes that you swung, and I'm grateful you did, but that's yeah. got to be fixed. Nah, we don't believe in that. Like, that is stupid. That's what sounds stupid. So, when you understand mm -hmm. what is the system, and honestly, it's not the medical profession's fault that we're asking for healthcare help from a sick care system, they're doing the best they know how.
right? Uh, they're not doing anything wrong. That's just not their specialty. They're designed to help us not die and to cover symptoms. That's not healthcare. If you want to be healthy, if you want restoration, you've got to use a different toolbox. And so that's how we get results with migraines and neuropathy and autism and all that stuff, because we're working out of a completely different toolbox. But that means right. there's no conflict any longer because we're not trying to do the same thing. Yeah, no, that's true. And so what have been some of your greatest successes since you've been in business? Um, we had... A girl that was 17, she had um, a condition called Chiari malformation where the bottom part of the brain was coming down through the skull and that's Ooh. bad. And yeah. so she um, was having <laughs> these bad. body temperature issues at, at seven years old. She went in and they said, oh, we see what's wrong. This part of your brain is kind of seeping down from your skull and that's affecting your, your thermostat and your hypothalamus. So we need to tuck that back up in, in the skull. And they said, okay, that sounds reasonable. So they did. And she woke up with a migraine headache and they said, well, that's normal, uh, you know, whatever. Normal. Um, yeah, because we were working on the brain and whatever. But the, the problem was that the headache didn't go away. So I've talked to people over the years that have had migraines, plural. You know, they have one and it goes away and comes back and goes away. Right. She had a migraine, unrelenting, oh. nonstop, oh, did not God. go away until like from for 10 years. Was, oh, my God. From <laughs> 7 to 17. She had been everywhere. She had done everything. They had done hypnotherapy. They had done, you name it. They had done all the wow. things. So she came in, I was really new in practice and I x-ray her and her x-rays look funky. And I said to her mom, I don't know if I can help her, but I don't know anything else that will. So I'm willing to try. That's what I said to her. How's that for confidence? <laughs> um, and cause the top bone was fused to her skull. So I was like, I don't know that I can, oh. I can't move the top bone, but I no. kind of know what to do with this from the specialty training and I'll try, but I don't know if it's going to work. And so I get her adjusted on a Friday and on Monday, um, we got a phone call and <laughs> my team came and got me, which was weird because they wouldn't usually come get me for a phone right. call. They said, Jennifer's on the phone and Jennifer is Shana's mom. And they, she, they said, you, you got to take this call. I'm like, crap, you know, something <laughs> must not be right. So I take the call and when I get on the phone, her mom, Jennifer is sobbing unconsolably, like cannot I can't understand her. She's doing that like where she cannot get the words Brief, out. Yeah. And, and I honestly thought that I had killed her daughter. I'm not exaggerating. Like I thought, uh, wow. you know, I didn't know I, if I could help, but I didn't, I didn't think that I was going to kill her. I mean, it's the brainstem, <laughs> but still, yeah, you know, absolutely. and right. she finally got out the words. I saw the post-it note and she said, Shana hasn't had a headache in th three days. Like that is wow. what it sounded like. And I'm like, wow. oh my gosh. And I told her, I thought you were calling to say I killed her the way you were crying. I told her mom that. <laughs> So she ended up getting, wow. it wasn't, they weren't gone forever right then. It took oh. a series of, but she went three days without a migraine for the first time in 10 years. And wow. um, she got back into high school, graduated with her class, went to Michigan state against my better. And she went to chiropractic school and she practices in Northern California. And um, wow, there That's are awesome. so many stories like that. And I, I'm so grateful because 
honestly, that's what helps you deal with the crap. You know, running businesses, there's a lot of crap to deal with sometimes. And I'm grateful for that. I call those full net problems. You know, people on the boat aren't catching fish. And in the Bible, they ask Jesus to come on the boat. And they, then, you know, they stop preaching at that point. Like, yay, Jesus got on the boat. Now there are all these fish. Fish. (laughs) Right after that, the nets are ripping and the boats are sinking and all. So I call those full net problems. And we have a lot of those, but I'm really, really, really glad they're, they're full net problems. And I'm so grateful when stuff feels crummy, I think about those stories or the people that didn't commit suicide or the people that yeah. um, have that were diagnosed infertile that have had babies all because now the their body yeah. is working the way it needs to. It's amazing. Yeah. So two more questions. How has, has University of Michigan being in the same town with University of Michigan? Um, I'm a Northwestern person, so I can't really say go blue unless you're playing Ohio state. Cause I hate That's Ohio, fair. Ohio state. So, um, That's but how is be- being in the same town? Cause I know a lot of times, you know, an academic town, especially the size of university of Michigan can be beneficial for a business like yours. Yeah. Um, ultimately it's been very beneficial because we get a lot of referrals from the cardiology clinic for vasovagal syncope when people just kind of pass out, um, unexpectedly. So we get a lot of referrals from that. I guess lecture in the movement science department and in the facial pain department. Um, so that has, that has been really, really cool. And because consumers are smart, you know, it used to be like, if the doctor said it, you do it, but honestly, like, people are smart and they say, I don't know, or that doesn't make sense to me. And it should make sense. Like with your health, with your money, it should make sense. If somebody tells you something that doesn't make sense, I I don't think you should do it. And so, you know, that's been helpful, but mostly I think conceptually people are used to coming to Ann Arbor for specialty care. And so I think that has probably helped the most. And people are like, where are you Ann Arbor? And they're like, oh, that makes sense. And, and I don't usually hear like, oh, that's too far. Like they're used to it. Right. So, yeah, yeah, I think it's been helpful. I haven't run up against, I've had a few neurologists that we had a lady with multiple sclerosis that um, after her second adjustment got out of her wheelchair. I mean, wow, this was that's cool. amazing. Holy and God. we showed her the before <laughs> and after x-rays. We do the x-rays and nerve scans. We do stem cell work and high intensity laser. We do circulation therapy. We like we are going to burn this candle from every end and it's going to be awesome. And we're not going to sleep till we get it. But, but, um, got out of her wheelchair, showed x-rays before and after, like, you can't make this stuff up. She went (laughs) back to the neurologist. The neurologist said, Oh, I guess it wasn't MS. And she's like, what are you talking about? You've been treating me for MS for 10 years. And they're like, well, MS doesn't go away. So you must've been misdiagnosed. And not only that, you should not see a chiropractor because it's dangerous. So she came back in wow. and was like, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, are you crazy? What do you think you should do? Like, are you right. not out of the wheelchair? Are you not? I don't care if I told you to blow a trumpet and run around a building, you're out of the wheelchair. Like, yeah. what is the question? And she's like, well, my neurologist said he won't take care of me anymore if I'm seeing a chiropractor. And I'm like, ah. well, that sucks. He's losing a patient. And, but she stayed with the neurologist and didn't wow. continue her care because she was, oh, told, wow. no, that's, that's so rare. And people are so wow. much smarter than that. But I saw yeah. her about six years after that, and she was in a wheelchair and she was at Panera. And, um, I said hi to her and I said, 
you know, I'm sorry to see that you're in your wheelchair. And she said, you know what? I think my neurologist is wrong. And I said, you think? And she said, yeah. Um, would you ever consider letting me come back? I said, absolutely. As soon as you fire your neurologist, that's the only time I've ever had something that direct, you know? Right. So, right. um, yeah, everything else has been very positive. Okay, great. So I always ask one question. I know we're running out of time, but we're good. at the it's end, okay. and that is if you could give one tip to someone who wants to start a business, not necessarily the business you're in, but just business in general, that maybe you learned along the way, or maybe you've known it since you went into business for yourself that really helped you accelerate your business, what would that tip be? Um, I would say two things. And so if I had to have one, I would have to split it. I'd have to say one A and one B is um, <laughs> number one, uh, find, find a guide. Um, life is better with a guide. It doesn't it doesn't mean like open your practice, open your business, start it, do it. Success requires action. So for the love of God, go do it. Like if you're waiting for your sign, this is it, go do it and just get it done and whatever, but have, have a guide. There are people that yeah. have been married longer than you that know how to lose weight better than you that know how to, that know how to invest in joint ventures to make your money work better than you. And so don't be an entrepreneurial idiot and think that you have all the answers. Like, right. um, find experts. And if you believe the lie that you don't have the money to hire experts, then just befriend experts. But there are people that know more than you. And so get really clear on what you know and backfill the rest. That would be kind of 1A. So hire a guide, have somebody that's walked those steps before, say, don't step there. There's a snake on the other side of that. Like, let somebody right. and be humble, let, you know, let that, let that information come in and take it. Don't, you know, don't think, you know, it all, even though you're really smart in certain areas. So I would say that. And the second thing I would say is, um, to make sure that you remember that if you are going to start a business or another business or whatever, that, um, you are everything else you were plus a business owner. In other right. words, if you're married, you're still a spouse. If you're a parent, <laughs> you're still a parent. Yeah. If you're, what happens is people focus so much and it will get most of your focus like a newborn baby for a yep. while, no question, but it can't get all of your focus because right. if you're like most businesses and I don't believe people listening to this would be like most businesses, but if you're like most businesses, honestly, most of them don't work out. Now, I don't say that to discourage you at all. No. Go do it. Right. What I'm saying is if for some weird chance that this business that you are starting right now doesn't end up working out, you better still have maintained that relationship <laughs> with your spouse right. and your kids, kids and your health and your yep. faith and your, you have to maintain yeah. those other things Absolutely. instead of just diving, you know, into the rest. That's, right. that's what I would say. No, that's those great. Are the two things. Yeah. And don't yeah. put it in your eye. If I had to say three things, the third thing is don't ever put it in your eye. I don't care what it is. Don't put it in your eye. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's great. And don't um, turn down a free meal and don't argue with an idiot there. That's all the things. Oh I'm yeah. That's, that's a very good one. Don't argue with an idiot <laughs> and not everyone's your client. Um, that's true. That's what I always tell people, but um, you know what? Do you have 30 seconds? Yeah. So one of the best pieces of um, knowledge I got was 
um, and I don't know where I got it, but I'm sure it's easy to find, was that um, there are three types of people that you'll encounter in business. You've probably heard this. Yeah. One is a group of people who are leaned in, they're engaged, they love you, they love what you're doing, they're grateful, they stay, pay, refer, they are delightful yeah. to serve. That's one group. The second group are tourists so who are fine, they're cool, they're going to pay, they're going to pay on time, <laughs> they wear their fanny pack, they may or may not get off the bus to see the Grand Canyon. They're not adding a ton of life to what you're doing, but they're they're cool. They're not going to refer anybody because they're not into that, but they're they're fine. They're fine to deal with. And the third the third group are terrorists, and those are people who are going to leave you the bad Yelp reviews, who are going to call you right. bad names, who are yeah. never going to be satisfied no matter how much you do for them and how much you love on them. They're never, ever, ever, ever right. going to be satisfied, and that's not on you, although no. they'll make you think it's on you. So who do we focus on when we're hustling and building a business and scrapping, right? We focus on everybody because we think we need it because yeah, we everyone. can't say no and we have to just do it all. Yeah. And research shows that it takes 10 times the amount of energy on our part in a service business to serve people who are terrorists to get them yep. converted into a tourist, 10 times the energy load. Yep. And tourists really aren't what you want to go after anyway. No. <laughs> and so that's like, well, gosh, is that even a benefit? It takes three times the energy load to convert a tourist into somebody who's engaged. Mm -hmm. And they say it takes one time the amount of energy, you know, to, to serve people in the leaned in category. I, I disagree with that. I would actually say that it adds energy to serve people that are in that leaned in category. So never be a jerk. You're never too important to be nice to people, but do not, do not chase after the terrorists because they don't, they're not, it's not going to work. It's going to suck for them. It's going to no, suck for you. for you. Yeah. Just don't do that. And I know entrepreneurial math is that 99 amazing reviews plus one negative review equals one negative review. I get that. I still live it. I still care what people yeah. think, but it's not, it's just not worth it. And so focus on the people that are a pleasure to do business right. with, that you love to serve. And I really, really do think it'll take care of itself. And John Acuff says, I'll finish with this. John Acuff says, if you want to um, rock vanilla to the grave, fear will give you a pass. Fear will leave you alone. But if you want to do something significant, fear is going to be all up in your face. Yep. And the challenge with fear, and I love the way he says this, is that fear is schizophrenic. So fear will tell you, <laughs> you can't do it. You can't do it. You're not That's good great. enough. Yep. It can't be done. You're not smart enough. You don't have enough money. You're not thin enough, fat enough, tall enough, whatever, but you just are not enough. You can't do it. Yep. And then when you say, shut up, fear, I'm doing it anyway, It'll switch its story on you and say, oh, my gosh, you have to have it all built right now. And you're like, what? you <laughs> just told me I can't do it. Right. And so if we understand that and just say, you know, just show up, just serve, look outward, solve problems, and you'll get enough certificates of appreciation with, you know, Benjamin Franklin's head on them that you can yeah. that you can <laughs> keep going. You know, yeah. Yeah, and usually the terrorists don't are the ones that quibble about the price too. I found they'll that. quibble about the price, the location, yeah. your right. music, your temperature, your coffee. It wasn't yep. the right cream. I mean, when you see those coming, just just love them <laughs> right out the door. Right, exactly. <laughs> totally agree. Um, but thank you very much for joining me today, Doctor Azar. I appreciate you jumping on with me. 
Well, thank you. And thanks for having me. And thanks for doing what you're doing. You know, it, it gets, it gets lonely out there, um, yeah. especially when you're building something and unless you're building it with a lot of people. And unfortunately, a lot of solopreneurs are not yet building it with, you know, right. a lot of people. Um, it can be really lonely. So thanks for, thanks for doing what you're doing, Allison, and, and encouraging people and keeping them in the fight. And, you know, Winston Churchill says never, ever, <laughs> ever, 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 ever give up. I think that was the right number. I don't know. Um, but yeah, keep going. And people need if, you, you know, if anyone needed to reach out to you lived in your area or just wanted to come see you. What's the best? Is it your website? Is that the yeah, best? Dr.Lazar.com will point you in. Um, that's for, that'll direct you to clinical services. I do some coaching and consulting for service businesses as well. Yeah. Um, and and um, cool. so there's, there's a bunch of stuff, but ultimately um, my top box is to help people reach their full God-given potential. So whether that's awesome. on something like this, whether that's through healthcare, whether that's, you know, people with neuropathy, that are remote, we can do stuff remotely for people. Like there's, wow, so really? we like to help people whether they're in here or not. So if you have questions, reach out. We're happy to do file reviews. We're happy to help you find people in your area. Um, you know, we know we can't serve them all directly. Right. So we're happy to serve them all. You know, we just say, God, you send them and we'll serve them. And so, um, yep. but we're happy to help find people in whatever areas people are, are reaching out from. So just drlazar.com, D-R-L-A-Z-A-R.com. All right, perfect. Thank you again. And thank you everyone for joining us on the Dream Plan Start Grow show. I do love working with new business owners or those who want to start a business. So if you have any questions for me, please go to my website at dreamplanstartgrow.com and sign up for a complimentary consultation. I'm happy to see how I can help you or direct you a different path if, if that's the best choice as well. Thank you. And I'll see you again next week. Thanks for tuning in to the Dream Plan Start Grow podcast with Allison Turner. If you like what you heard, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. Join the Dream Plan Start Grow community by following us on Facebook or Instagram at Dream Plan Start Grow. See you in the next episode.